Now, it's time to get your morning started the right way. It's the Morning Tailgate with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Lindsey Brown. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. And here we are on this beautiful Wednesday. It's the Morning Tailgate. Clay Baker, Lindsey Brown, Vinny Bonsignor on assignment. He's out in Mobile, Alabama, covering the Senior Bowl. we got a lot to get into today. We'll talk with Eddie Borsilli from Sirius XM at 8 o'clock. At 9 o'clock, Marcus Johnson from Tape Don't Lie. He is also at the Senior Bowl. And at 9.45, we'll begin our weekly conversations with Sam and Ash. Ashley Watkins, attorney, famed attorney, is going to join us at 9.45. we got a lot to get into with her, and we're happy to have Sam and Ash back on the show. 702-365-9200 is the... Dollar Loan Center text line and phone number 702-365-9200 and R&R 920 AM on X here on a beautiful morning. Well, here we are on the precipice of love and passion and the Super Bowl getting ready in town. And we're just like, all right, this is our passion play. We love sports media so much. We're going to be in the mix of it. You can already see how things are jostling around town. Even the Luxor is now transformed into a giant Dorito. Yes. You know, everybody is finding a way to, uh, you know, to uh, assimilate into the uh, into the money aspect of what the Super Bowl can be. And this the city's really starting to enjoy that because the city loves money. <laughs> the city does love money. Yes, but in terms of the setup, kind of exhaustive, kind of exhaustive. Right. Because we just got done taking down all the stuff from the F1 race. Like, it's great that we're the most popular place to party in pretty much the entire world. Like we're the, we're the home base for any and all things in the world of sports at this point. It's but a man, it comes at a cost. Oh yeah. Like you're, it's always great to be the, the apartment, the team apartment where the parties all go down. But at 8 AM, there's there, there, the last place you want to be the last place. That's what you say. Underclassmen, come on up before you go to breakfast. Come on up. We got some uh, duties to take care of because yeah, I'm right. not going to be the one scrubbing this toilet alone. Exactly. Yeah. And whoever's going to be like, uh, get that hose to wash the uh, the vomit out of the uh, out of the bushes and the fake grass in front of the lobby. Please. Correct. You know, because we, we got those were the responsible up. patrons. They yeah. actually made it outside. Yeah, right. We didn't for even those, check behind the couch yet. For those who got the uh, the fresh air, good for you. But get back inside because we need uh, we need a, like a study in temperance and uh, self control. But there's a uh, there's a great buzz around the city, and it keeps keeps growing every day. And everyone's very excited about the uh, you know the Super Bowl itself. But I think with all the atmosphere and all the events that coming in town, I think everyone's like, all right, let's get going. And uh, I think for you I and know. I, yesterday we were like, what's this gonna look like for us? You know, we're like, you know, still. it's still like the great unknown. We're like, oh, uh, what will happen? We're just going to get thrown into it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'll it'll be um, a trial by combat, basically. And and what I'm expecting is probably the, the closest thing to like old Wall Street, you know, before the crash and everything, mm-hmm. before Matthew McConaughey lost his job and Jordan Belfort had to go work for Oakman Strat or whatever he called the company. Uh, this this madhouse where people are come talk to me come talk to me please five minutes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and everybody's got something to pedal yeah you it's... got your your <laughs> CBD oils you got your uh, your cryptocurrency you got your boner pills there's there's a there's a wide variety of products that are going to be slung on Radio Row and oh, I'm excited yeah. to. To hang out, rub some elbows with God knows who. That's the great thing about working in this town. You never know who you're going to run into. It's almost like uh, the championship level of what timeshares 
can be like when you know when they're <laughs> when they're like you know uh, they're in the hallway somewhere and you're trying to get some get past to get to where you're going. You're mm-hmm. like you got to deal with these timeshare folks. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, get on your feet, get on the balls of your feet because you may have to pivot left or right after you make eye contact. Yeah, I'm gonna need to find a closet somewhere, or just like a quiet area <laughs> to be able to decompress because I'm anticipating a couple of uh, moments where I just my body will probably need to freak out for a second. So if you know of any place in Mandalay Bay, like a random broom closet, perhaps where they kept all the cutouts for every event that's gone on in the last year, <laughs> right? Like I know a few stairwells. The, the you mannequins, know, that, that's probably the best I can do. Yeah, the mannequins where you hang out with the mannequins. Like, I promise you, I will not be in your way. I, it will be like I am not there. I will not harm the mannequins no, like last time. I won't even touch them. Different. I might pose with them. Right. I might try to copy their their mannerisms and, and their, their body language. You might open the door and see me talking and crying to one of them. But that's, uh, you know, that's as far as it goes yeah. <laughs> you, you like this question don't you <laughs> just try Man, to please Man, people Manny the mannequin <laughs> hey Manny, the Manny we're hey, back. what up what's going on hey. my dude but yeah, it's it's a, it's a really exciting time, and and I know that there's no uh, more gracious hosts than than us here in Las Vegas, and we know that we're not exactly hosting our our favorite type of patrons, but we'll take your money anyways. But there's uh, a confrontation. That's going on right now because of the matchup that is going down in this town and and this being the new home or at least the new home base for the Raider Nation and the suspension of maybe it's uh, investment, maybe it's uh, it's uh, something else entirely. But I think when it comes to the concept of loyalty, uh, this is this is a confrontational topic. This is a this is a principled topic that I'd like to get, for us to get in today because it's it's something that is being thrown in our face a little bit. I'm gonna have to serve these people, not you know, g- tell them about the fact that we beat their ass on Christmas, and they say that's the inspiration for why that they're in the Super Bowl, right? The Raiders beat their ass on Christmas. They say they needed to have a meeting. It was an organizational. Uh, realization moment, and they haven't looked back since. We're very happy to provide that for the Chiefs. But it sucks, right? We can't remind them of that fact. But there's at certain points where loyalty is on display, and it works for you, and sometimes it works against you. And so this is a topic I want to open up to the nation today about your relationship with the concept of loyalty, because this was inspired yesterday by the breaking news we received towards the end of our program mm-hmm. yep. that the offensive coordinator, uh, a hot, a hotly debated name among head coaching circles, Ben Johnson has chosen to return to the Detroit Lions, which is a shocking decision to many people, including myself. Unprecedented. But I kind of love it. I kind of love it. And the great thing about the concept of loyalty and, and, and a lot of different things, because this, this is the stuff that I spend my time thinking about, the, one of the great, it depends, right? Because in our mind, in many of our minds, Ben Johnson, you chase the opportunity, one of 32, you never know when the door is going to be open for you again, you're, you're a, a high-level candidate there's plenty of there were, there were plenty of options in terms of coaching candidacies. There's fewer now, but there's almost an assumption that that's an automatic. He's going right. That's an automatic. Like you, you get yeah. the promotion because you're a hot name for right. not forever. You're right. hot when you're. This hot. is the right decision. Right. This is the this is the loyal decision because you're loyal to yourself above all things, right? Especially in this society that incentivizes hyper individualism is actually built upon that. 
But that's why there's an it depends on this because there are times where I would validate and say, Ben Johnson, go do you. Do what's best for you. Do what's best for your family. That's another you know, branch of the conversation we're going to get into oh, because yes. there's, I think loyalty means different things at different points in your life, depending on your responsibilities mm-hmm. and whether or not you own those responsibilities. Cause I know a lot of people that do things in this world that require their responsibility and then they shy away from it. And so this situation is, is one that is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. And I love that. I love the loyalty to the special moment and, and special cooking that's going on in Detroit. Lots of people may say, well, you never know. We might not get back there. Dan Campbell said it himself, and that's absolutely a, a, a thing that can exist in this reality. But I expect them to be there. I expect them to be in the mix. And I think because there's that belief of this window or whatever they're building in Detroit, that has led Ben Johnson to say, you know what, self-interest I don't need you right now. You're not my main priority right now because actually what's in my best self-interest is not chasing the the next biggest step, the flashiest hire, the nicer car, the bigger paycheck. It's staying connected with something that I've built here and seeing that out. Loyalty. Yes. Loyalty. Loyalty to oneself, to one's cause, to one's team, nation, whatever – it's a very complicated entanglement, right? And and he has chosen to remain in that entanglement. And I there's nothing but respect for me for him making that decision. Just like I, I would do the same thing if we know that Patrick Graham is going to be coming back, right? He was at the AP's news conference mm-hmm. last week. We know that he's still in considerations for head coaching vacancies. And Ben Johnson's name being taken out of the pool strengthens his oh, case yes. in a lot of different Bobby ways. Bobby Slowick also taking his name out, going back to Houston. So exactly. that means Seattle and Washington are still trying to find their head coaching spots. And Patrick Graham did interview twice with Seattle. Right. So loyalty is important. Mm-hmm. And self-interest is important, too. So it always made me feel like as as that news about Ben Johnson came down, it made me feel like, all right, what did not what didn't he like from Washington? What like really set him off of like, I don't want to be a part of this. Mm. I got something much better if I just stay in Detroit. Or is it beyond like the self-interest saying like, you know what? I, I feel like we have something really special here and I want to be loyal to the principles that got me to be the hot name. Mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't be here without that kind of loyalty to this team if I didn't put in all the hard work and try to do as the best I could as an OC and really uh, put my name out there this year. Because my mm-hmm. name had never been out there before. I, I'm going to choose to uh, believe in the in the latter more so because I think we automatically assume I, I chose this because that didn't have this or that wasn't this. Like it, it's a deficiency. I chose this because there's a deficiency over here. It didn't fit. And that might be part of the consideration. But to me, the stronger argument, the stronger um, weighing of options that I think everybody does on a daily basis when it comes to making internal decisions, whether it's about loyalty, where I put that, and everything else. There's there's scales, right? And we try to weigh and, and make the best decision for us, for our family, for, for whatever, depending on what you are as an individual. But you're also part of a collective, too. And that's where it's it's kind of a give and take to me, where he sees the power of the collective in Detroit, I chose Detroit because of what Detroit is rather than what Washington isn't. 
You know what yeah, I mean? Yes. That, 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 that's what this situation reads to me. Because it's the Lions. Because we've seen what's been accomplished under Dan Campbell. Like, not every team, if he was coaching somewhere else, it's not the same consideration because it's not the same soup. And so uh, th- that's where the checking of yourself, I think, has to happen constantly. We can't, we don't, not all of us have the time and, and privilege to do that all the time. And that's where there's no wrong answers when it comes to loyalty, except for unchecked or, or blind loyalty, where it's just like, I follow, I have no questions, I will never question anything because this is what I know. That's lazy. To me, and, and somewhat scary because you could be led down the primrose path, correct, and uh, and then find yourself, you know, that you realize that you don't have the self interest that you want, that you're working for somebody else's interest, right? But I think loyalty is something that, not unlike our principles, guide us in our decision making. You know, mm-hmm. pr- our principles are what keep us warm at night, and there are core values, and I think a loyalty in some regard is also very personal and subjective to everybody. And I think about how Raider Nation is loyal to uh, the lifestyle, the team, wins and losses, uh, players of old, players currently, things that really like stay in people's minds all the time as Raider Nation wakes up every morning and it's a part of their lifestyle. And loyalty is also kind of like a, a thing that we see in this offseason and in other offseasons and sometimes during the season that some people in Raider Nation do not like how others in Raider Nation are loyal, or mm. they feel like their loyalty is being challenged. They're disloyal if they like certain people over the others. If they're fan, if they're a, if they're a, uh, their lifestyle doesn't like really like parallel theirs. People get upset. I mean, we had an arg- argument uh, a year ago where an older Raider fan said, "If I walk into a Starbucks with my Raiders hat and I see a young blood with a Raiders hat with a Raiders hat on, hey, if we make eye contact, I want to be acknowledged. We should have like a little head nod or, hey, man, what's up? You know, mm-hmm. don't just blow by me like it's nothing. You know, you got to show some respect. And so there was like a, a loyalty from a certain amount of uh, age and experience really upset at somebody who just really didn't take it as seriously as he did. Mm-hmm. And then all sorts of people are like, hey, man, don't tell me how to raider. All right. I do it the way I want to do it. Right. Your way is not my way. And are the only people that are allowed to re- uh, wear raiders gear, the diehards that would recognize that sign? Like, is loyalty exclusive? Is it? Isn't yeah. loyalty a two-way street? I'm like, these are all things because it, it depends on where you're at with your life. That's yeah. why I'm posing this to the nation. Yeah. This is this doesn't keep me warm. And I, this is what keeps me up at night, <laughs> debates like this. Because to me, and, and the way that my brain works is that there's a lot of black and white thinking. And that's, I think, mostly for the simplicity of it, to get through arguments, to get through social interactions uh, like myself who struggles with that. Well, I I don't have time to be middling in the nuance of this because I need to be able to pretend that I'm like everybody else in this room. Right. And so there's black and white. I move through this part of the problem in order to progress alongside. But then if you don't check those beliefs, if you don't go back and and take the time to challenge yourself on why I feel this way, why do I have this expectation of fellow fan to act this way? Is loyalty and fandom the same thing? Right? Because there's a lot of words that we say. It mean, I mean this when I say this, even though it's, it's a collection of a thousand different words with a thousand definitions. But all I know is that fandom, loyalty, that's an equ- e- equality, right? Equal thing. Right. Same foot. You right. walk down the same path. 
and and what and low level and low stakes loyalty versus high level and high stakes loyalty because and this might sound bad and I'm not judging anyone I'm not trying to preface this as as is this anything as a flaw but to me fandom is kind of a low stakes level of loyalty because it to me it can't really exist as a two way street I can love the Raiders to all the way down to every nucleotide of every cell in my body right the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell my my cell is powered for the Raiders but to the Raiders we love you you are so important but you are the nation the nation is kind of it's it's full of faces but it's faceless right do they really notice when we're gone and so that that's where there, there's these confrontations and if if that loyalty if that devotion is something that you feel so strongly in your life for for a team for a concept for a person for whatever is is it in a in a healthy spot right now for you mm-hmm. right are are you getting out from it as much as it's taking away from you? Right. Now that the season is over, right. uh, do you find yourself needing to be replenished Correct. by the loyalty? Because there's you a don't cost have, for right? everything. There's a cost mm-hmm. for, for being awake. It's called not sleeping, right? There's a cost for, for not eating food. That means n- less energy for me to, to do things. Everything has a cost. And so loyalty itself has a cost. There's a cost to the, if you're loyal to a particular person or group and maybe they don't line up with the collective, well, then there's a cost to the collective and maybe a cost to yourself. And if you check your balance sheets, how much cost is there to you and how much are you bringing in, right? Because there's, I try to just find an equilibrium. I, I try, I, I keep score with myself to make sure that I, I'm not always prioritizing someone else, something else, because a lot of us can find an excuse to put whatever's going on with us in the back burner to help someone out, like a very noble, sometimes altruistic thing, right? But you can't do that forever. It's it's unsustainable, just like how you can't have um, unquestionable, unconditional devotion or love. This is why I another, another thing that keeps me up at night is the concept of unconditional love and how we, uh, we, we expect it from... Uh, an array of different relationships in our lives. Oh, so I think it exists in one so in one thing. I, yeah. I think it exists in one relationship and <laughs> one and one dynamic only. You, I think and that's it, the only. And it's not can, even an absolute because right. nothing is ever absolute. Right. Because that to me is like a, a unconditional love truly exists between parent and child most of the time, most of the time. But to expect the child to reciprocate that same level back to the parent, I didn't. I'm not of you, like. I didn't birth myself. Right. Like it, you're not seeing yourself in me. Children can't have that concept yet. Right. And you, it only takes a certain amount of age and other experiences to like really feel that kind of you know loyalty. But it's also somewhat of a choice. Correct. And there needs to be conditionality. I think I think we've been conditioned for unconditionality because that's convenient for certain peoples and groups. Right. Because that that teaches us to accept anything that they do because it's an unconditional love. If, if, if a line is crossed, if certain boundaries are constantly rolled over, if there's an abusive situation, do you just forgive them and, and keep going? No. No. No, 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 right? You can't. You there's can't. too much on the line. But people do. But people do because there's, there's this facade about unconditionality. There's a facade about what loyalty is. 
And so we're asking what your truth is. Yeah, what does loyalty mean to you, especially in Raider Nation? 702-365-9200. We started out like love, commitment, passion. You identify with teams' values and goals, yes. But what does loyalty mean to you, whether it's Raider Nation or in your own life? We want to hear from you. It's deep. But we need it on a Wednesday because I think we need to start looking at ourselves differently as we begin this new year. 702-365-9200. It's the gate. Fredo, you're my older brother and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Back here on the morning tailgate talking about loyalty, fan loyalty, many different paradigms of loyalty, family loyalty like the Godfather where loyalty was tested. In fact, the movie is pretty much based on the rituals of family and how loyalty is the most important. The people in your family are the only ones you can truly trust. Mm. And then what happens when you can't anymore? We're back here on the morning tailgate, 702-365-9200, Lindsey Brown, Clay Baker. And we're going all the the paradigms of loyalty, especially with, you know, uh, in Raider Nation, but also in life. And we see like how the Ben Johnson stuff yesterday uh, like, you know, he totally threw Washington a major curveball by turning that offer down because mm-hmm. they were more or less ready to roll out the red carpet and announce him as their next head coach as the commanders. And uh, we even see this from uh, Mickey LaVita, a uh, Boston Raider, lives here in Las Vegas. Boston Raider, yeah. you say? Boston Raider. Where in Boston exactly are you from? I would like to know the cross streets and the cobblestones. Now you heard her, Mickey. You better chime Mickey. in. Mickey. 702-365-9200. Mickey! Mickey and his lovely, li- lovely wife, he says, as far as Ben Johnson goes, didn't Josh McDaniels do similar with Indianapolis? Or Bill Belichick similar with the Jets opportunity? Yeah, maybe. You know, that, that's yeah. a funny thing because before they were able to build anything in New England, Bill Belichick did sign a like a, a cocktail napkin in agreement that he would become the Jets' next head coach. They found that not to be binding enough, and it didn't go through the courts. But either way... Uh, when Josh McDaniels was going through the Indianapolis Colts process mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out, all right, what's the medicals around Andrew Luck? We still don't know. And every head coach had turned that down. But Josh looked like he was going to be the next head coach. And at the very last second, Robert Kraft called him and they had a long like nine hour conversation about loyalty. Mm. And he spurned the Colts, went back to New England and the rest is history. Good call, Mickey. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, there's a there's a lot of conflictedness. And, and that's that's where this conversation is supposed to be, because it's hard to suspend judgment. Right. Because I know, especially when we're talking about Josh McDaniels and even before he got here uh, with the Raiders, let's just say he wasn't the most popular guy. And a big reason was because he spurned mm-hmm. the Colts and everything. And um, it's weird because I don't fault Josh for making that decision. Uh, his loyalty changed because some people's loyalties can change and it should be able to be changed. And not, you shouldn't be set in nothing in this life. You should, you should always be, be questioning and whether it's reaffirming your stance or maybe taking a different look at it, uh, it worked out for him. But it's like if you pay someone a lot of money and, and you give them a, a promotion, cushy office, a couple more visors, right, to, mm-hmm. to match the entire wardrobe, we can match <laughs> to the shoes. I'm not so loyal to my dream of being a head coach again, right? Okay, yes. And, yes. and that's where what can be good for, your, good for you can also betray you at the same time, right? I, I think about this a lot when it comes to 
um, making decisions for myself, what like what's healthy for you now versus healthy for you later. Because I know right now I'm having a lot of trouble uh, just getting myself to, to exercise. The motivation level is very low. I don't have a lot of push to really get myself over that hump. And a lot of people could say it's excuse making or what have you. This is just my struggle every day. And so what I'm trying to do is take the um, self-judgment out of it instead okay. of saying you're being lazy or doing whatever. It's just like if this isn't something you want to do today, okay. And just being okay with that because you by adding hurdles in front of me, that's not going to help me achieve my goal, which is inevitably to move forward. Okay, now, sure. the timing of that, I don't have control over. All I can do is try to approach the, the mountain each day and see if my boots are ready to go to climb. And if it's not, well, I'm not going to put myself in position to hurt myself either. And so the, the loyalty of the situation do, am I loyal to the long-term health of myself? And so I push through my, my temporary discomfort, which also has its costs. Because like, what if this is the 10th day in a row where I've pushed through temporary discomfort and now I'm this close to breaking down? Right. And that's where I talk about like the scorekeeping that you have to have these these internal scales of what's truly good for me. And then there's even a different consideration to make because I know for a fact that Josh has a family. There's a lot of people that have kids or or people that depend on them. That's where I mean, not everybody has the privilege to just say, I'm just going to do what's best for me Mm -hmm. because you have people who are dependent on you making certain types of decisions or um certain certainties i should say okay yeah you know what i mean because i could go chase my my dream and 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 go after this job but i know for a fact i'm going to make money doing this but i also know i'm going to be miserable and so there there's there's different costs and and different times to confront that within yourself because at some point if you're constantly saying they before me eventually you burn out your me and then you are no good to anybody especially the they that is, I, a, that is a big thing. because It's, it's a huge it, thing. Especially if you are, when you think about like the unconditional relationship with a, a parent and a child, uh, somebody explained this to me early on when, um, when I became a single parent. Somebody said like, all right, what if you just had one hot dog between you and your son to eat? That's all you had to eat this one day. Mm-hmm. How much of the hot dog would you give him as opposed to yourself? And I think my answer was like, well, I'll give it all to him. And, like, she, and she was like, no, 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 no. You have to give yourself like 60% of that because you're still required to go out there and keep foraging and, and looking and, and you, know, you mm-hmm. need that extra energy. He will be okay, but you will still need that extra hot bit of hot dog so you can go out and get more and bring more back to the house. And, and you know, you can't just give all of it away. Right. You have to have some for yourself too. Right. And then I, I think about just thinking about yourself and and how that paradigm is very present in our society, the hyper-individualization, because um, the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's connection, right? At least that's what I'm told. That's what the smarter people have have told me that I've read. And is is always prioritizing and thinking about what's doing best for me. Am I I truly thinking about the big me, capital M me? Mm Because if I'm always going and jumping to the next opportunity, just use the Ben Johnson example and say I go chase that and I go away from this community that I've been a part of, that I've forged connections with, that I've also created an environment for other people to make connections within, right? And I'm going to go out on my own and try to start from scratch. And some people are successful, which is great. Like you're, you're paid to figure that out. But everything has a cost. And some people don't have enough in the bank to be able to withstand that cost or maybe 
they haven't learned the way to go about their business in order to make sure that they're not in the negative all the time because it takes a lot to be a leader. It takes a lot for people to make the, quote, right decisions. It comes with a lot of different sacrifices. And in those sacrifices, sometimes there's an unbelievable reward at the end of the rainbow. And I think we're taught to chase those rainbows. Like that's kind of the manifest destiny, at least leftover remnants of that within our, our, our collective here because I can go out and create something for myself. Yeah, and change your life for the right. better. And, and maybe change some other people's. But then if we're all thinking that first and then we go, who's thinking about the second and third best options? And then who's taking the second and third best options? Because a quote that I saw uh, from a college professor at some point uh, said something to the effect of everybody wants to go save the world. Everybody wants to go change the world. But not everybody wants to help mom do the dishes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to me, this Ben Johnson uh, choice to stay, there's definitely self-interest in that in terms of staying integrated, staying in that community. But that's made in the let's build what we have here. Like there's there's worthiness in, in helping here and, and and seeing this through and everything has an expiration date. Eventually, Ben Johnson uh, and Dan Campbell and Jared Goff and Aiden Hutchinson, they're going to be the, the alumni. They won't be there anymore. But that's where it's why do we always chase what could be instead of trying to make what is a little bit better. Again, this is a this is a it depends conversation for each one of us on a case by case basis, on a person by person basis, on a moment by moment basis. But what truly is is serving and what mm-hmm. does servitude mean as well? Like servitude, serving yourself, but can you serve yourself by also serving others? I think that's kind of the point of charity and stuff, right? Like there's there, there's is there true altruism? Chris Thomas would say no, right? He would say no. There's always going to be something coming back to me, and there's plenty of phil- philosophers that are, are are right there with them. But uh, that that's where I try to move, and and loyalty to connectedness. What 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 is the most connected thing for me to do? Because that might not always be the most successful thing or the most fun thing, but the most supported thing. That's what I'm aiming for, today at least. All right, 702-365-9200. Loyalty, fan loyalty, also loyalty to within your family. Like, what does it mean to you? And even if uh, you're working with somebody who's, you know, if you live a lifestyle of Raider Nation and you could see somebody that you see at work every day and they, they claim to be a Raider fan, but they're not a Raider fan like you're a Raider fan. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. What, what's the parameter? And is it loyalty? Is it about, you know, identifying with the team's values and goals? Or is it a different thing culturally? What does it mean to you? 702-365-9200. Let's get out to the phones here on Raider Nation Radio. Oh, we, uh, we'll get back to that in just a second. Raider 66 was on hold. He had something really interesting about Al Davis's loyalty to players and people within the organization. And I thought that was interesting because uh, the loyalty that Al Davis built in, in for the Raiders was one that was admirable around the league. Because not only was he loyal to players, giving them you know, second chances on, from other teams, but at the same time, promoting from within and understanding the strength of uh, some of the great things that you have in your organization, you remain loyal to them because they were loyal to you. 702-365-9200. Also, uh, some thoughts uh, from the text line from the Dollar Loan Center. 
Someone chiming in talking about how the hiring of Antonio Pierce was a loyalty move, saying that, mm. you know what, you, you knew somebody was in the organization. You felt like, uh, you know, this was the right person, not only the most qualified candidate, but you were loyal because of how he performed when everything was kind of going against him in an interim basis. And at the same time, somebody says uh, the Pierce hire reaffirmed my loyalty to the Raiders, knowing where he came from and that he was a Raider growing up. And the power of fan loyalty is really strong, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it also kind of like does he identify, you know, when you hire somebody as a head coach, a head coach kind of like um, reflects ownership in many ways. Do they identify with their team value and goals and your and your identification with all that was built beforehand? I think they got it right with a guy like Antonio Pierce because mm-hmm. that was somebody, you know, that was grew up as a Raider fan, an LA Raider fan. And now to this current day, he brings that sort of culture with him and that kind of mindset with him to really want to go a little bit further than what everyone else has before because probably they didn't identify with that loyalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it lines up. It makes sense. We identify Antonio Pierce as one of us, one of the nation, right? And, and you can tell when, when people embody those principles, those values. They don't always look the way that you would think or assume, right? But in terms of the energy, in terms of how that building, how people responded to him at the helm, I can understand. It, it's, it's not a surprise to me in these last couple weeks since the season has ended, Clay. I wasn't here at this time last year that we're actually getting more interaction, on our text lines, on our our different modes of correspondence for us, because I think people feel that their their team is in lockstep with them again. It, it feels like everybody is on the same page, and there's still things to be figured out. There's still results to be known, and they're not all going to be positive. But in terms of that belief, and that's part of loyalty too. There's there's a belief, there's a transcendence in a way that. No matter what you do to me, again, this unconditionality that mm-hmm. I'm trying to t- tussle with, that I, I'm going to be there for you in, in some capacity. Maybe not in the full capacity, but in some capacity. But I think people are ready to bring their full capacity fandom loyalty back to this because it is a product that they believe in because they've picked out the right people. From the text line, Azel1 says, when it comes to Raiders, my loyalty is everything. And that includes... Uh, my my love with other sports teams. Yes, at times they upset me with some decisions, but because I'm an avid fanatic, my optimism is always on the positive side, and I always am stating, hopefully it works out for our benefit. Mm. But when it comes to work and life, I always seek out what works for us financially and emotionally. As I'm older, my body is asking for a better option for employment, but emotionally, I'm in a great place with an awesome wife and great adult children and a great extended family. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, Carlos. Great thoughts there. That's really good. And I think that's the idea, you know, like you're you're going to be upset at times. There's not always going to be that unconditional love with the, with your team mm-hmm. because they make decisions without you. Right. <laughs> you can love you can you can love someone, but also close the door for a little bit. Or maybe it's left ajar just just a little bit. So until they they get back on their their straight and narrow and and start acting the way that you would like them to do. And so that's where it's you never really put anything down permanently either. It's just it's this it's just kind of back and forth on a spectrum with everything every day. We got more calls on the other side. Lindsay and Clay here with you on the Raider Nation Radio 702-365-9200. We'll read some more great texts as well. 702-365-9200 is the number. Eddie Borsilli from SiriusXM will join us in a few minutes. We'll talk to him about 
the big game as well as the Raiders moves and still looking for the OC. We'll go out to Las Vegas here with Raiders 66. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, Clay. How are you guys doing? Awesome. How about you, buddy? Uh, doing uh, pretty well. Yeah, just, uh, just building up for the next week. It's going to be kind of crazy here at the airport. But, uh, yeah. but you know, loyalty loyalty is a big thing. I mean, that is one of the pillars of Al Davis's uh, uh, foundation. Um, if you performed well for him, there was not a better friend, a more loyal friend that you could have in uh, in anywhere. I mean, he would help you out in uh, after your playing days were over. He would help you out you know, maybe getting another job while you're still playing. It, it, it was just amazing. I mean, he, he gave uh, Jim Plunkett a couple of uh, uh, alcohol distributorships uh, when he retired. He gave uh, Jim Otto several uh, Burger King uh, restaurant uh, franchises. It, it was just the rewards for, for going to war and battling and helping his franchise succeed. Now, I think that loyalty is, I agree totally with you, Lindsay, it's a two-way street. Mm. And I, I think a lot of it is generational. Now we live in a microwave society with social media. You get things instantaneously. So if you've got a year or two where things aren't going well, you know, you're st- wandering eye. You start looking for the next big thing. And the, the Raider fans from old school Raider fans, you just have to understand when they started. I mean, we, we talked about a little bit the other day with San Francisco being a thing. They were Raider fans were looked down upon by the 49er fans. I mean, it was the new league. It was like the Raiders, when they first started, they, they were in a money crunch. They lost a half a million dollars the first year. Their first uniforms were not borrowed, but they were uh, the rejects from the University of Pacific. Actually, it was College of the Pacific at the time. That is where they got their first uniforms from, and that's why it was gold and, and uh, black. Uh, it, it was they started with nothing, and the fans knew that. I mean, it was uh, when they got to uh, Frank Ewell Field. You know, it held like nineteen thousand people. The fa- the stands were right there next to the sidelines. When the games were over, uh, kids would go running out on the field and, and messing around with the players. They'd be wrestling with the players. It was a family interaction, and that's why so many of the old guys say it's a lifestyle. It's a family. And that loyalty that was built up. And back then, you know, the players had to get jobs in the offseason. So you saw them in the community working. It was just so much of that. And that's where the, the, the intense loyalty comes from. Uh, 13,000-plus fans, uh, season ticket holders, kept their season tickets all 13 years they were in L.A. Uh, I had a guy uh, ex me just the other day. He goes, how many fan bases would stick with the team through three moves when they're not winning, yeah, not too many. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think of loyalty, I think of the Cubs, and I think of you know like the Lions fans, you know, just long suffering. And the Raiders have had success, but you know the Cubs, hundred years in between World Series for crying out loud. The Raiders, hopefully, we don't get to that far. But my my part with the loyalty is is I honestly believe every year that they are trying to get better. And sometimes they make uh, organizational decisions that don't work out. It's been that way for like 30 years now. Mm. So it's driving me crazy. But the belief is, is that the success is just the next season away. And that's what loyalty is. It's a, it's a two-way street. You believe that they are going to continue working towards getting to be the best. And in, in response to that, your loyalty. I, I will never, I don't care how many Super Bowls the Chiefs or Niners win, never, ever be a loyal fan of theirs but i understand that the new 
uh, Raider uh, Nation that hasn't experienced really success. So, you know, you see other teams uh, being successful and you want to be associated with that. You, mm-hmm. you got social media accounts. People make fun of you for being a Raider fan, you know. So there's that. But loyalty to me is that, you know, you pick a team and you stick with it. Sometimes some people might call that blind. People call me a Raider homer. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, my loyalty is with that shield, the silver and black, as long as they uh, are going to trot the throw the ball out there on the field. Thank you guys for the time. Thanks, 66. Something You're Thank welcome. You. I love Thank that. You. Yes, that's important because uh, there is there is a lot to be said about, you know, a, a younger generation that hasn't seen success the way an, an older generation has, mm. and they're wondering what is all the commitment and dedication for? What is the loyalty for? Well, and how important success is to a, to a cause in order to, to retain that. I, I think that's that opens up a whole nother can of worms in terms of uh, for for younger generations that have had it tough. I know a lot of other generations have had it tough, too, but everybody has their own toughness that if there's not a lot of good things out there, there's not a lot of success out there for them to chase. No wonder there's not uh, a lot of um, buy in yeah. in general, because like, what is it going to get me? Where's the end game? Right. I there has to be, to be something. To something. Yes. There has to be something. And that's where it's like. With 66 and a lot of fans, I, I know that there's this loyalty to the to the team. But it's almost loyalty to the ideal that the team will figure it out. Like it's not it's it's the team, but it's more about the optimism of figuring it out. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. dependent on the fact that they're the Raiders, right? You're 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 hopeful that your team, that is the Raiders, is going to figure that out. All That's right, you believe in. Chris in Las Vegas. Great to hear your voice again. Good morning to you, sir. Morning, Lindy. Morning, Clay. Morning. I'm, I'm going to make this brief. Um, start. I became a Raiders fan in 77, and it was after I saw Star Wars, and I saw somebody in the stands dressed up like Darth Vader. <laughs> and no matter what, because I'm from Philly, and I catch flack about it from my entire family. Why are you not an Eagles fan? I said, because that's my team. Yes. And I've been loyal ever since. And then in the late 80s, when I see Easy e and Ice Cube mm. and Dre rocking Raiders hats and Raiders jackets, and then you start to see it was a culture shift. And I can't think of any other team other than the Atlanta Falcons where you see, like, those jerseys and that hat in hip-hop videos and in music right. and then you started seeing more and more people wearing it. Diddy in mm-hmm. a lot of his videos they were wearing the Charles Woodson jersey because Woodson was popular at that time. Oh yeah. So I can't think of any other team who gets that much pub out there. You don't see people wearing Cowboys jerseys in videos. You don't see people wearing 49ers jerseys in videos. That's right. It's always a Raiders jersey. Mm. That was it. That was the thing. And then Bo Jackson, if you think about it, Tecmo Bowl. He was the most unstoppable (laughs) player on that game. And people loved it. Everybody wanted to pick the Raiders and use Bo Jackson. So I think that that loyalty is a huge thing. Mm. And it goes a long way. And when you speak about how I was loyal to the players, like Art Shell was, even though he wasn't a great coach, Al Davis gave him two opportunities. Tom Flores won the Super Bowl. And I'll never forget when they were playing the Eagles in that Super Bowl back in the 70s. Every time Matt Barr came out, 
I kept saying to my mother and my father, I said, that's Matt Barr. He has a brother, Chris Barr, that plays for the Cleveland Browns. And my mother said, how many times are you going to say that? I said, every time they kick a field goal. She said, then I'm going to send you upstairs. And I was, I shut up. <laughs> but um, I think that just seeing the stuff that a lot of the greater alumni do and how they're still – you think about it. Charles Woodson went to Green Bay, won a Super Bowl, came mm-hmm. back to the Raiders, and he is – a lot of times he's at those games. Um, I think the one person that probably didn't feel that loyalty – because his name came up in a lot of trades, and I can only think of two, Tim Brown and Marcus Allen, but they stuck it out. Mm. Marcus Allen went to the Chiefs, but then he still comes back. You don't see him on the sidelines of Arrowhead. He nope. is at Raider games. So I think that speaks volumes to just the culture of the team and how many people, how many ex-players still want to be associated with the team. Oh, then mm. that is loyalty. Chris in Vegas, have a great day, man. Thanks great for- thoughts, Chris. Yeah, taking us on your way to work. We appreciate it. We come back in 90 seconds with Eddie Borsilli from SiriusXM here on the Morning Tailgate. Let's go!